0: Albert Carroll grew up in menswear, the business, that is. His grandfather was the founder of a chain of moderately priced, ready-made men's clothing in Chicago called Carroll's Red Hanger Shops. About a dozen family members worked for the business, and shop talk dominated every dinner and holiday get-together. This bored Albert to tears as a kid, so he decided he'd never go into menswear. He studied English literature in college, And when he moved back to Chicago after graduating, he became a freelance writer.
1: At the time, I was living in a um, garden apartment in West Riders Park, sharing with another guy. And uh, my grandfather took me to dinner one night at the Standard Club. And I had holes in my shoes. I was wearing my only necktie. Every one of the three credit cards in my wallet were maxed out. And he said to me the words that define the rest of my career. He said, writing is a very nice hobby. Now it's time for you to get a real job.
0: You probably think you know where this story is going, but you'd be surprised. Welcome to The Distance, a show about businesses that have been operating for at least 25 years. I'm Waylon Wong. The Distance is brought to you by Basecamp, the world's number one project management tool. Just last week, another 5,024 companies signed up to run their projects with Basecamp. And you can try it free for 60 days at Basecamp.com. I'm at Albert Carroll's store in the heart of Chicago's financial district. But it's not Carroll's red hanger shop. That business, the one Albert's grandfather founded in 1945 and built into 14 locations, the business that taught Albert to love menswear and which he dreamed of someday inheriting and running himself, was hurt by the recession of the late 80s and shut down permanently in 1991. The closure was a huge emotional blow to the Carroll family, especially Albert's grandfather, and it left Albert looking for a new job. He chose to stay in menswear but start his own business, this time focused on high-end custom suits instead of the ready-to-wear clothing that was his grandfather's specialty.
1: If that business would have survived, I would have been in there banging my head against the wall six days a week and probably miserable. It opened my eyes to a different model. I was introduced to the custom clothing business. And it did away with all the burdens of overhead, like inventory and big stores, and a lot of staff, and you know, you know, crazy hours of operation and uh, allowed me to just deal with uh, men who were seeking a much higher uh, value proposition, uh, who wanted that one-on-one service. Uh, I didn't need to have the big, gigantic infrastructure to make it work. And uh, I I, I just started out. I started with a legal pad. I wrote down the name of every single person that I knew. Started calling on them with this crazy idea of mine to go out to their offices or homes, measure them for custom-made clothing, And uh, if it wasn't for them, I'd ask them for referrals. I started with a legal pad, and, you know, 20 years later, here we are.
0: Now, there's another story running in parallel with Alberts, one that starts in the early 1900s with the wave of immigrants from Italy and Eastern Europe who were trained as master tailors before settling in cities like Chicago. They opened small custom tailor shops where they would measure clients' for suits and make the garments all by hand, one careful stitch at a time. In Chicago, one of these shops was called Richard Bennett Custom Tailors. Another, founded in 1929, called Bartolo Custom Tailors, outfitted men like former Chicago Mayor Harold Washington. And around the time that Albert Carroll found himself building his new custom clothing business, these old-fashioned shops were in danger of becoming obsolete. Their owners had passed away or were retiring without successors.
1: We're in an aging industry. Most of the true authentic custom tailors were of that older generation. It's not a trade. They're skilled. being, unfortunately, uh, cultivated as much anymore in Europe. And the fact was that these older guys were, were retiring. Their children were not taking up the business. And there was value there. There was assets. There were clients There was goodwill. There were a wealth of patterns and research that had been done over many, many years. And also there were staff. There were tailors that were working for these small companies.
0: So Albert Carroll started buying up these shops. His first purchase was in 1998 when he acquired Richard Bennett Custom Tailors, whose owner was retiring. Albert and the owner of Richard Bennett shared a fabric supplier who introduced them. And he kept making acquisitions, putting them all under the name of Richard Bennett Custom Tailors, which was the best-known brand of all the businesses he bought. The store's canonical founding year is 1929, which is the year the oldest business, Di Barcholo Custom Tailors, was established. Albert took individual pieces of these stores' legacies and stitched them together into a coherent origin story, one that established his company's connection to places like Savile Row, Milan, and his own grandfather's haberdasher. And you had mentioned that it's actually six yeah. smushed together, so that's. Um, so we have six the original, ca-
1: my original direct business, which was at that time called Carol's Direct, kind of a dumb name. Uh, Richard Bennett Custom Tailors, Di Bartolo Custom Tailors. We bought a small business that was based out of Cicero called uh, the fellow's name was Paul Cicchini. Uh He passed away. We bought another business uh, called Ferraro Brothers. They were uh, two brothers that were working here in the downtown area. And they had passed away, so we we folded their business. And the other business was a business called uh, Rudy Custom Tailors. They had actually a retail store also uh, based on Ohio Street. fellow's name was Howard Rudenberg, and he had operated his business for a long time. He retired, and I bought his business. So we just kind of kept enveloping all these businesses together. Uh, Each one was a small Lego piece. But meanwhile, now it's developed into something. And we've grown dramatically since then.
0: Today, Richard Bennett Custom Tailors employs five full-time master tailors that can make three suits a week. A custom suit costs between $2,000 and $4,000, and shirts go from $150 to around $300. The tailors take several dozen measurements, turn them into paper patterns, and trace those patterns on fabric to make a garment's individual pieces. Then they get to work making the lining, the waistband, the collar, and the lapels. They hand sew the buttonholes and make sure every seam is perfect. A suit takes about seven weeks to make. Morning, everybody.
1: This is our head tailor, Jan Sandro. Nice to meet you. And this is Jerry and Eleanor and Ilya and Eleanor. Hi, so they are the core part of our, uh, of our staff, and we also have some um, part-time folks that work mm-hmm. on a kind of an needed basis.
0: The workroom at Richard Bennett is a small space with a picture window that faces the street so passersby can peek in and see the tailors working. Albert thinks of it as an open kitchen concept. The window broadcasts to the world that old-fashioned hand tailoring still exists and is being done in the heart of downtown Chicago. A garment starts as a collection of brown paper patterns and ends as a jacket, vest, and trousers in beautiful Italian wool, each stitch confidently put in place by someone with decades of experience. The tools that the staff uses, like their sewing machines and their irons, are also old-fashioned, in many cases inherited from the original tailor shops that Albert acquired.
1: I value quality, I value heritage and legacy, we've built our business on that. And the tools that we use, same thing. I would never, even if I could find a new version of this, I would never throw this away. There, there is value and beauty in, and aesthetic in some of these older things. And it harkens back to a time when the type of work that we are still doing today had a higher level of value and prestige and respect in the world and for me that's a good thing guess what that's for
0: um i do see a blade on it
1: okay there's a blade and there's a punch Uh that's for cutting buttonholes correct the real reason that we like a hand buttonhole is that it's much more pliable Okay. Mm-hmm. If it's done by a machine and the tension is sewn tightly on every single stroke, uh, you, you'll notice sometimes the buttonhole is a very um, tense. It's very firm, and it won't conform to the softness of the garment itself. Works against sort of the concept of what you're trying to accomplish. So we sew everything by hand.
0: Custom tailoring is all about the perfect fit, and when tailors sew garments by hand, they know when to use longer, shorter looser or tighter stitches according to how a customer will wear that piece of clothing. And not only do the tailors care about getting every piece of a garment perfect, but the clothes themselves are like calling cards for Albert's business. That's why, for example, stripes and plaids are matched in every direction on a jacket.
1: Do people necessarily notice that we match plaids? Would they notice if we didn't? I'm not sure. But we notice. And it matters to us. And... I don't want any one of our clients to be in any situation ever where a person might say to them, how come the plaids on your jackets don't match? I thought you went to a custom tailor. They said, yes, I go to Richard Bennett in Chicago. Well, your plaids don't match.
0: Richard Bennett relies mostly on personal referrals to get new business. That's how Bob Peterson ended up in Albert's store. He's a 46-year-old business executive who works in global regulatory affairs for Tate & Lyle, the multinational company that makes Splenda.
1: I recently lost 40 pounds and decided that uh, I should treat myself to a custom-made suit. And uh, I've heard about Bennett for years and always wanted one, and that was a good excuse.
0: Bob initially came in for a suit, but ended up ordering another sport coat and several pairs of pants on top of that. Today, he's here for a fitting with Jan Sandru, the head tailor, and James Gordon, a sales manager at Richard Bennett.
1: Yeah, this is a, a Laura Piana fabric. It's a, it's a Tasmanian 150s, very, uh, very durable, uh, has a nice uh, nice drape to it, and uh, will wear and uh, serve him well for, oh, the next 10, 15 years.
0: To translate what James is saying, the fabric in Bob's suit comes from Laura Piana, an Italian company that makes high-end textiles. The wool comes from Tasmanian sheep in New Zealand and the number 150 refers to the diameter of the fibers in the thread measured by microns. The higher the number, the finer the thread. But you don't want to get too high of a number because then the fabric is too delicate. Bob's suit is a charcoal gray with silver pinstripes. He looks at himself in the mirror as Jan makes adjustments to the unfinished garment. At this stage, the jacket just looks like a big vest without sleeves or lapels, and his pant legs are still pooling on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me see. The, the waist is okay? Yeah, the waist is great. Okay. In Albert Carroll's industry, he's competing against tailor shops that still take measurements by hand, but then outsource the actual construction of the garments to places like China and Hong Kong. The buzzword all these businesses use is bespoke, and Albert is understandably a little touchy about it.
1: I passed by a sandwich shop the other day that was making bespoke sandwiches, you know? Uh, I, I think everybody sort of has a, in this sort of a grab towards a craftsmanship is adopting this word bespoke. Now, the word bespoke actually does have roots and does have meaning. In the old London tailor shops going back to the 19th and probably even 18th century, uh, the client would come in and choose a piece of fabric, and that fabric would be set aside uh, so, that fabric was spoken for. It was bespoken be for. That's the, that's the actual root of the phrase. So, in this day and age, uh, true bespoke tailoring, what we do, w- would really mean uh, made entirely by hand with zero on the premises, zero degrees of separation um, for e- an individual client. That's what we would call bespoke. There's a lot of other people in the other, you know, made-by-computer, third-party, China business. There's a lot of people in that business. I want it to be the last person in this business.
0: The Distance is produced by Sean Hildner and me, Waylon Wong. To see photos of Richard Bennett custom tailors and read more stories about longstanding businesses, visit our website at thedistance.com. Thanks to Shelby Peterson, Himalayan Elixir, iNathaniel and PR Rich Apple for your five star ratings on iTunes. And the company that makes this all possible is Basecamp, maker of the world's number one project management tool. Try it yourself free for 60 days at Basecamp.com.